My Father, thank you for Jesus who died for our sins and for offering us the free gift of salvation so that we know of our future and eternity set with you so that whether it's a pandemic or terror or the trials of everyday life, it can be well with our soul because we know that you've designed good for our lives and the ultimate good is eternity with you. God, keep our hearts solely focused on you so that we know we can trust you so that we're not blowing around with fear like everybody else in the world, but we can stand in confidence in you and therefore have an open door of opportunity with so many people to tell them of our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So help us in this day to really be well with our souls because we're right with you. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Why don't you go ahead and grab a seat, and it is so good to be back with you today. We're in this series uh, that Phil has started on Get Smart on the book of Proverbs. And uh, today I want to talk to you about something that is, I think, one of the most important things we can focus on, and that's getting smart about your reputation. So when people hear your name, what comes to their mind? What comes to their mind if you're a business owner or a leader in business about your business practices? What comes to the mind of your neighbors about you when they hear your name? Of your coworkers or your fellow students or whatever your lot is in life or sometimes even your family? What comes to their mind when they hear your particular name? You see, the Bible often talks about uh, a good name. And a good name in the Bible stands for a good reputation. It stands for who we really are. You see, when people hear your name, they're just not hearing the name. They're hearing who you are to them. Let me give you some examples. How about Adolf Hitler? Osama bin Laden. How about uh, Saddam Hussein? How about Judas Iscariot? You're like, oof, what a way to start a message. Well, how about this? How about Barnabas? How about the Apostle Paul? The Apostle John? The Apostle Peter? Oh, how about this name? Jesus. You, you see, your reputation is who you are, and your name stands for everything you are. And when you heard those names, you either thought, ooh, or Yes. I want people, when they hear my name, to go, yes. I like that guy. I like him because of this. One of my nephews said to me one day when he was talking to me about a problem, he said, Uncle John, the reason I want to talk to you is because you're always the same person whether you're preaching a sermon or in church or we're at a family gathering or wherever I see you, you're always the same person. See, that's what you want people to say about you. I wish that was always true. But when he thinks about me, that's what he thinks about. So what do you want your children to think about you? What do you want your coworkers to think about you? <clears throat> I think the Apostle Paul knew a thing or two about reputation, don't you? 
I mean, he was known as Saul, the persecutor of the church. And then he met Jesus. Hmm. Changed individual. There's an interesting thing about, about Saul. He changed his name to Paul. I really think he had the two names, Saul and Paul, one a Hebrew name and one a Jewish name, or excuse me, a Roman name. So he's got these two names, but he was known as the persecutor. And so all of a sudden he becomes, becomes Paul, the apostle, who watched this, is able now to minister to Christians and minister to Gentiles and win them to Christ with a brand new focus on a new person and a new name and a new reputation. I believe God is deeply concerned about our reputation, and I'll tell you why in just a couple minutes. You and I have a name. You know what the name is? Christian. Literally, Christ ones. And I believe it is our responsibility as Christ's ones to live a certain way because we are reflecting Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. And I think it's time for Christians to begin living like Christ in this world because I don't know about you, but I don't think the world's a real good place to live right now. And I think we have the hope of the gospel and we're able to share that gospel when we have a reputation that shows we belong to Jesus Christ. I don't know if you were like me, but you know, pastoring as long as I did, and raising all these kids that we raised, I, we used to go to some people's houses and I would just say to them, remember whose kids you are. I never, I never beat them up with, well, you know, you're the preacher's kids. No. Remember you belong to your mom and me. And we want you to be a good reflection of us to the families we're going to minister to today. Well, I belong to Jesus. Do, let me ask you, do you belong to Jesus? Amen. Well, that was pretty weak. Do, I mean, this many people, we ought to raise the roof on that one. Do you belong to Jesus? Yes. Then don't you think the world ought to see Jesus and see who we belong to every time they meet us? That's the value of a good reputation. Our reputation is based on our character. Now watch this. Our character is based on who we are on the inside. It's revealed by our actions. It's revealed by our words. Jesus said it like this in, in Matthew 12. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and the fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. Well, let's put it in this language. Either make your inside good and your words and actions good or make the inside bad and your words and actions bad. You see what he's saying? Now watch this. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? Now watch it. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's he saying? He's saying your character inside of you will be revealed by how you speak and how by you act, and that becomes your reputation in the world. It takes a lifetime to build a reputation. You know that, don't you? You can't all of a sudden wake up and say, I'm going to have a good reputation. And all of a sudden, everybody says, oh, this is a great person. You've been all sorts of bad things, and all of a sudden, oh, today, no, I'm a good person, and 
You're going to see him as a good person. No. It takes a lifetime to build him. Watch this. Only a moment to destroy it. You know people have lived so long for Jesus Christ and all of a sudden they make one decision and their reputation is ruined. Does anybody in here know the name Lehman Strauss, Dr. Lehman Strauss? I saw him when he was about 110 years old. It wasn't really that old, but I was only 40 and he seemed old. I'm sure he was in his 70s, which now seems real young. And some of us were with him. We said, how can we pray for you, Dr. Strauss? And listen to what he said. Pray for me that at my age, I don't blow it. And some of you younger people are saying, well, how can somebody as old as you blow it? Oh, trust me. It can happen just like that. You're building a reputation. Let's build it solidly. I want, I want to share some good news, and I'm going to transition because I started out kind of heavy this morning. Some of you have blown it in your reputation. You do not have a good reputation right now. You're known as a cheat in business. You've, you've maybe had affairs on your spouse. Maybe you haven't treated your kids real well. Maybe you haven't been a good worker, a good neighbor, whatever. Maybe you've blown it. I, I have good news for you, okay? There is a God who is a God of forgiveness and a God of restoration and a God of reconciliation. And today, if you've blown it, you can drive a stake and start building a good reputation today. That hopefully by the time you die, people will reverse the thoughts about you or they'll go like this. You know, one time that guy was a real snake, but he ended up really living for God. That's our goal today. Regardless of where you are, whether you've been having a good reputation, you've been having a bad reputation, we want you to leave saying, I'm going to build the right kind of reputation that when I die or when people hear my name, they have a good impression of Jesus Christ because I loved him and he changed my life. Okay, let's begin. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1. Would you turn your Bibles there, please? Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 1. I want to talk to you about the value of a good name or a good reputation. Here it is. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, and favor is better than silver or gold. Hmm. Let me ask you a question. Generally in America, do you think that's true? In America, I'm, I'm going to tell you, we'd rather have the silver and gold. That's what our whole society is based on, getting rich, getting successful, doing all these things. But God is saying, listen, the truth is your name, your reputation is more important than all of the wealth in the world. The word name in the Bible, you have to understand this word name in the Bible stands for who we are and it stands for our character. So he said a good character, a good reputation is better than all of the wealth in the world. The idea of a good name is somebody who's well thought of. So that when they hear your name, there are positive images that come to the person's mind of who you are, and we know behind it, it's because we've been changed by Jesus Christ, right? No, no, no. Right? And that allows us to have a good 
reputation in a lost and dying world. I believe that no wealth in the world can compare with a good reputation. It, listen to me. It is the most important thing that we have. A parallel passage to this in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 1 says this. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver and gold. In the United States, most people, and I want to even submit most Christians, are consumed by thoughts of wealth and being better off. Now, my apologies to all of you retirement planners out here, okay? What do they tell you? You need at least a million dollars in your retirement account to really retire well. And so what do we do? We work all of our wealth, all of our years, to build up a great wealth for retirement, and then what happens? We die. Now, I'm not saying don't save. I believe in saving. I, you, listen, you need something to retire on, okay? That's not where I'm going. But we are so driven by wealth that that's what we think about all the time. God is saying Stop thinking about wealth all the time and start thinking about your name. Start thinking about how you are portraying the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, I think that very few people spend very much time thinking about the importance of having a good name at any cost. Our desire must be for a good name, seeing that as our most important quality in life. You say, why is that so important? Two things. When we have a good reputation, we will be able to talk to anybody at any time about Jesus Christ. Amen. People are going to point a finger at you and go, yeah, but I really know you. Second thing about a good name, you all know we get in trouble once in a while. Things happen to us. Things break. Things don't go right. When you have a good reputation, watch this. People come to your aid in time of trouble. Now, Coley and I go to Florida in the, in the wintertime. Blessed are the retirees. <laughs> and uh, so we have a joke with people around me that, what, that because we go on trips and we do different things, the, the young people look out for the old people. That's Coley and me. I mean, they're always like, what do you need done? How can we help you? What do you do? And, you know, I don't mind that at all that they think I'm old. <laughs> but it's just, it's beyond that. It's a reputation of love and caring for my neighbors that allows them to come to my aid when I'm in trouble. Why build a good reputation? Because you need to present Jesus to lost people and because someday you're going to need the help of other people. He said, it is more desirable than all the riches in the world. A man by the name of Kidner in, in one of the commentaries said this, our proper joy is not in the power we wield, but in the love in which we are held. Some people think it's all about power. I'm the boss, you will do what I say. No, no. They'll do what you say better if they know you love them. 
If you know you genuinely care about who they are as people, they'll respond so much better. Well, I'm the father. You do what I say. No, they'll do a whole lot better if they know how much they're loved by their father. He says, it's not in your power. It's in your love. It's in your reputation that you have. So if I'm faced with a choice between riches and a good name, God says, choose the good name every time. It's going to benefit you in the long run. Long run. You see, good, getting a good name is a choice we make. It's a choice to do what is right. It's a choice to speak properly. It's a choice to act godly in Christ Jesus. And every day I'm faced with choices. Am I going to do the right thing right now, even when I don't feel like doing the right thing? Am I going to speak the right way to this person, even when I'd like to bite their head off? Am I going to act godly today, or am I going to act selfishly and worldly today? You see, friends, I believe that if you're going to have a good reputation, you need to choose the right thing to do even when everything is against you doing the right thing. Let me give you some examples. The three Hebrews back in the book of Daniel, remember those guys? Bow down to the image or burn in the furnace. What'd they choose? No, what'd they choose? Burn. We'd rather burn than disobey God. That's a choice to do right even when everything's against you. Because they had no guarantee God was going to show up and deliver them. You know, we, we read the story like this. Well, we know what's going to happen. Just trust God. What's the matter with you? You're going to be okay? God's going to show up? Huh. They did not know that. Hey, Daniel, <laughs> stop praying. Only ask the king for your requests. What does Daniel do? I love Daniel. He goes and he opens up the windows and prays and say, here, have that. I don't care what you say. I'm going to do the right thing. Did he have any guarantee God was going to show up and deliver him out of the lion's den? No, he did what was right. But let's fast forward it to a little more modern stuff. What about the mar martyrs for the faith who stood strong in the face of death and would not deny Christ no matter what? Do you know how hard when you read some of the stories it is to say, I'm going to stand for the faith. I'm going to do what is right. When somebody's holding a gun to the head of your spouse, to the heads of your children, and they're going to kill them before they kill you because they want you to deny the faith. Right now in places like Afghanistan, in India, in Myanmar, so many countries in Africa, people are faced with a choice. 
Do I do what's right and stand for Jesus? Or do I give in and save my life? We don't face that in America. Aren't you thankful? And don't you think, since we're not faced with death, we could choose right over wrong more often? The value of a good reputation. I choose to do what's right. I choose to speak the right things. I choose to act godly in Christ Jesus, even when everything is going against it. You see, I believe that a Christian keeps their word. The Bible says, even to our hurt. We deal honestly with other people. We're people of the truth. I want to put a caution in here. Just because we're people of truth doesn't mean we beat each other up with the truth. Well, I'm just a truther. I'm just going to say what I feel. Is that speaking with grace? Grace and truth go hand in hand. And what you say in truth, you say with grace. Oh, have I been tough enough on you? I feel like I'm beating you up. You're all just sitting there with wide-eyed, glassy. Can I go a little deeper? How do you think God views your reputation? I didn't ask how do you think the person sitting next to you views your reputation. How do you think God views your reputation? One of my favorite sections of scripture on reputation is in, in, in Job. There's two verses in Job chapter 1 that really are, are quite interesting. Because this is God speaking, okay? We, we believe this book was given to us by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Is that true? So this is God speaking. In Job chapter 1, verse 1, here's how God viewed Job. In verse 1, he says, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. Let's stop right there, and then I'll get to verse 8. God says, here's who he is. He fears God. He's turned away from evil. He's blameless. He's an upright man. But then there's a little twist in verse 8, because he's not just saying it now to everybody. He addresses our arch enemy, Satan. And he looks Satan in the eye, and he says this in verse 8. Have you considered my servant Job? Now watch his next words. There is none like him on the earth. Woo! How did God say that about you? Nobody like him on all of the earth. Blameless, upright, fears God, and turns away from evil. That's quite a reputation, isn't it? Again, it's not that your neighbor saying that. That's God. So if asked, what would God say about how you are living out the Christian life in front of others today? Here's my servant, fill in your name, upright individual, blameless, loves God, doesn't follow after evil. Isn't that what you want? 
Hey, friends, I think we ought to make that our goal, that I live out the faith in such a way that God would look at me and smile and said, have you ever concerned, considered my servant over there? You say, wait a minute, I don't want him to say that to Satan. Look what happened to Job. <laughs> I want God to say that about me. He is somebody I can trust to live out the Christian life all of his life. Well, if that's the value of it, what is the secret to obtaining a good name? How am I going to get there? What am I going to do? Well, I want you to turn your Bibles, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 3, because God addresses it there. And I only have verse 3 on the screen right now. I'll get to verse 4 in a minute. But I want to read verses 3 and 4 to you because they go together. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor. Now watch this. And good success. The word good success is really you'll find a good name in the sight of God and men. Two things are mentioned here if I'm going to have a good name. Steadfast love. Not the ooey-gooey romantic love you see on Hallmark Channel. This is deep love. It is kindness. It's piety. It's loyalty or steadfastness to, to commitments that comes from a relationship. In other words, I've got a relationship with you, and I'm going to fulfill that relationship because I love you. In the marriage relationship, it goes like this. My wife should never have a doubt in her mind that I love her because I'm faithful to the word I gave her over 48 years ago. Do you understand that? It's not based on the fact that, oh, honey, I want you to know I love you. Every once in a while, hey, man, can, women, just shut your ears for a minute, would you? Because... We men are a little slow sometimes, and we forget to say I love you like we should. Can I get an amen, men? Can I get an amen, women? Yeah. I knew it'd be a lot stronger there. Let me help you out, men. Here's what I did to my wife. Have I told you recently that I loved you? She'll tell me. Well, I do. And you know what? That covers up for all the times I forgot to say it. Or I go something like this, you do know I love you, don't you? Yeah, I know that. Okay, good, that covers it all. But it's not the fact I say it. You understand that? La ladies, do you understand that? Help your husbands out. We're a little slow, you know, right? You're not going to say that right now because he's going to buy you dinner later today. <laughs> it's not the fact I say it. It's the fact I... Prove it over and over and over again every day that I draw breath that I love her. Now, those of you who know, have known me for a long time, you know I have this little brain condition that sometimes misfires and causes me to go, oh, what happened here? This morning, my wife and I are going on vacation. Well, no, old people don't go on vacation. We're going on a trip. We're always on vacation. Um, 
And so this morning I'm getting ready and she's going to drop me off early because she had to take the dogs to the kennel and then she'll come to second service. I started getting panicky. And I put my suitcase in the truck and I'm like, oh, I don't want to be away from Colleen. I don't want to go on this truck. I don't want, and I went, well, you idiot, she's going with you. <laughs> because the, the longer we have been married the more I don't want to be away from her. Now, she doesn't always feel the same way, but, you know, <laughs> it's because I'm so dependent on her for my daily functions because of where I have to live with my brain. But I have to prove to her every day that I love her. Amen. To keep that solid relationship growing. That's the steadfast love. It's a love of commitment that says, I love you and I'm going to show that I love you. I'm going to be there consistently, fulfill what I said. So 48 years, 48 and a half years ago, by the way, it's coming up. I can't believe how old she has gotten. <laughs> and she would remind you if she was up here, you're older than I am. October, 50 years ago, I met that woman. And it's been this building love relationship. And when I told her 48, year, 48 and a half years ago that I loved her, I don't want to be like the man who said, well, I never tell my wife I loved her. And the wife's going, yeah, he never does. Well, no. He said, well, I told her 48 years ago. She can't remember that's her problem. <laughs> I want to live in a love relationship that demonstrates it. So, okay, here's where we bridge the gap. I love God. Do you love God? Do you love God? Yes. Then prove it. Then prove it. You've heard the saying, talk is cheap. You've heard that actions speak louder than words. I need, if I'm going to build a strong reputation, a good reputation, I need a deep-seated love for Almighty God that proves it. Deuteronomy says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Prove you love him with every ounce of your being. Then I'm to have a love for people. It says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, and you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love, demonstrable love one another. Not conditional love if you love one another. I'll deal with what that means in just a minute. Also, secondly, I, I have a good reputation and it's built on faithfulness. It's stability. It's trustworthiness which can be depended on. In other words, I'm going to now live faithfully to my promises whether it's to God to my spouse, or to people. Revelation 2.10 says, be faithful even to the point of death, and I'll give you the crown of life. You know what God's looking for among his children? Some faithful people. Now, I'm not the pastor here anymore, so I can get away with some things that I, you know, was a little touchier when I was there. Why is it why is it 
that we choose so often to miss church. Why is it so often hard to find people to serve? Let me ask you a question. Do you love God? Yes. Come on, you were stronger before. Do you, lo- you know I'm going to set you up. Do you love God? Yes. Then prove it by your faithfulness. I'm not saying let's be legalistic in church attendance and everything else. I'm just saying if you love God, be faithful to him. Prove it by faithfulness. Now, do you love people? Yes. That was really weak. <laughs> if you love people, prove it by your faithfulness. Watch these words of Peter. With the help of Silas, whom I regard as a, watch this, faithful brother. I was thinking about this earlier this week. Wouldn't you like your pastor's When they hear your name, say, that's a faithful brother or that's a faithful sister. You can count on them. They're there. We know they love Jesus. They're faithful. I didn't say just be faithful to the church or be faithful to to a pastor. You're faithful to God, and it's recognized by your pastors as there's a faithful person. So Peter thought of Silas. So I prove it with two things. I I build this with love and faithfulness. Those are two covenant terms in Israel and stress the importance of just faithful love to Almighty God and to others. And we bind them and write them. The idea is that love and faithfulness are to be part of, watch this, part of your nature, part of your character, part of your reputation. When people see you, they'll know that you're a person of love, you're a person of faithfulness, somebody who can be depended on in any situation. So if I do all this, what's the result of a good name? Well, there it is in verse 4. You will find favor and good success or a good name in the sight of God and man. I want God to think well of me, don't you? want God to think well of you? I want people to think well of me. If I have love and I have faithfulness, I will have good success or a good name and gain favor with God and with man. It sounds kind of like Jesus, doesn't it? Remember that in Luke chapter 2, verse 52? And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Good Good name, good success. Okay, so let's bring it down to this. What's the legacy of a good reputation? Why am I working hard to build a good reputation? It's legacy. It's one I'm leaving behind to impact the next generation. My dad died 30-some years ago, and he still has an impact on my life to this day. My mom died 20 years ago, and she still has an impact on my life today by what they taught me, by how they lived, what was important to them. And I want, watch this, I want my legacy, not that they think just, oh, there was John Blodgett, he was this, no. I want my legacy to be one that impacts my children and my grandchildren for love and for faithfulness 
and for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that when I pass away, or even before that, my grandkids will say, hey, remember Grandpa telling us this? Remember Grandpa saying this to us? The legacy of good reputation is found in Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 7. It says simply these words. The memory of the righteous is a blessing, but the name of the wicked, I love this, will rot. Blessing or rottenness, which do you want? The generations to come, we want to be a blessing. Your reputation and legacy are determined by your life, either righteousness or wickedness right now. After you pass away, the mention of your name will either bring up a good memory or a bad memory. So what kind of legacy are you building? I want to give you two quotes I've given you before, but I think they're just so great. Ken Davis, you know, the Christian comedian, is pretty good for a comedian. Leave them a legacy of joy, of integrity, and faith. Can you put that in your brain? Christian, enjoy life. Some of you are living life like it's a drudgery. I thought Jesus came and gave us joy. I want my grandkids, I want my kids to remember the time we sat around the table, we played games, and we laughed. And I'll tell you what, with all of our family, that's a lot of laughter in one household. By the way, if you don't know, my grandson's going to get married, that's going to be 29 of us in one household, and we make it work, and we laugh. In fact, one time, Pastor Phil came over before we had all the 29, and he came over, and we were laughing and carrying on. He came to bring me something, and he said to me the next day, how do you survive in all of that chaos? <laughs> we have fun. I want them to know joy. I want them to know integrity. And I want them to know faith. That's what I want to give as a gift to my family. Another man by the name of Tim Kimmel said this in his book on grandparenting. Our true epitaph will not be written in stone. It will be imprinted on the hearts of our children and grandchildren. That's the true epitaph. Not what you go to the cemetery and read, oh, is a faithful husband, faithful wife. No, it's written on their hearts. And I want them, when they think of me, to smile with delight and know there was a man who loved God and who loved them unconditionally. We need to begin leaving a legacy of godliness, don't we? If our reputation is godly, we will leave that. Mature Christians need to model godliness, set a standard of morality and values for others to follow, especially our families. We need it so desperately. And by the way, let me speak to those of you who are around my age or a little older or just a little younger. No matter how old you get, never stop setting the example of godliness. Never, ever, ever. Psalm 92 says this, they will still bear fruit in old age. 
Let me hear a shout from all the older people. Aren't you glad we're not done yet? Now, I don't, know if, I don't know how to take the next part of this verse. They're ever full of sap. <laughs> yeah, they're ever full of sap and green. It means they have vitality within them still. They have all this to declare. The Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Don't give up, older generation. The church needs you. Your family needs you. The world needs you to say, here is the right thing to do in life. We've forsaken our responsibility so often. Don't give up. Secondly, leave them a legacy of love, especially to your family. I think it's time to revive this again, to follow some principles Paul laid out for us in 1 Corinthians. He said, love is patient and kind does not envy, it does not boast, is not arrogant or rude, it does not insist on its own way, is not irritable or resentful, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Listen to me. Our children, our grandchildren, our spouses, <clears throat> everyone around us has the right to expect this kind of love out of us. If we're Christians, that's what we live. And when we say to somebody, I love you, we should be communicating, 1 Corinthians 4 is how I'm going to treat you because I love you. Go back over that list often. Put your name in it. Instead of love, saying John is patient. I usually can't get past that one. Live a legacy of love means, and I wish I had a lot of time on this one, means I will love them unconditionally no matter what happens. Do not write your kids off. Love them unconditionally. Don't love them just because they got an A on their report card, especially if they're in second grade. My goodness, encourage them and strengthen them, yes. But don't say, well, I love you because you got good grades. Well, they didn't get good grades. You're still going to love them? See, don't make it based on conditions. Don't make it on performance. Just love them because you love them. Early on, Colleen said, well, why do you love me? Don't ever ask that question. And if you get asked that, men, can I give you the answer? Because I do. Isn't love a choice? Sorry for you guys in sound booth. There it is. You've been waiting all morning for that pose. Those of you who don't know, that's when people say my preaching, that's what it is right there. <laughs> I love you because I love you. I don't need any reasons. Well, I love you because you have such long, silky hair. What do you do if she cuts it off? I love you because, oh, you're so slender. What happens if she gains weight? Stop loving her? Are you kidding? We got to get through our brains. I love you because I love you. No other explanation, period. Done with discussion. 
Just chose to. And you love your kids that way. Do you know what a difference it makes if you just your kids know you love them just because they're your, your, your kids? Not because they did well over here. They're the best athlete in the world or what? I just love you. That's how you build a legacy that goes on after you pass away. Let me put this at the end of the message. There is a superior name to every other name. And it's the name of Jesus. Philippians 2 says this, God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name. Why do I bring that up at this point in the message? A couple of reasons. Here's the first one. Jesus is kind, loving, good, compassionate, humble, gentle, just, fair, and full of mercy. Is that true? And if I want a good reputation, I must let the character of Christ flow through me, and then I will be kind, loving, good, compassionate, humble, gentle, just, fair, and full of mercy. This name of Jesus is so superior, and this is the second reason I want you to hear it today, is that everyone will someday acknowledge who he is. In Philippians 2, it says this, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So a simple question today is, do you know Jesus? And if you don't know him, today I want to give you an invitation to come and confess Jesus, or confess your sins to Jesus, and make him the Lord, the, the master, the director of your life, and allow him to give you the gift of eternal life. Because if you're really going to build a good reputation, that's the foundation and the cornerstone for a good reputation. Most of you have known him for a long, long time, and most of you know Jesus in here. So how about today if we do this? Let's recommit ourselves to the lordship of Jesus Christ. And let's say, God, today, I want to build that good reputation regardless of what happens in my life so that I have an opportunity to tell others of Jesus and so that when I'm in a difficult spot, others will be used by you to meet my needs. God, today, here I am. We're going to pray in just a minute. Maybe you need Jesus and maybe you confess your sins to him right there, but after the service, some of our prayer team members are going to be down front. And I just want to encourage you to come pray with them. Maybe you've blown it in your reputation. Hey, how about starting a good reputation today? Maybe you're struggling loving. Maybe you're struggling being faithful. I don't know what it is, but hey, friends, how about if today we walk out of these doors just going, I've made my decision, and I'm turning things around in my life. Or, you know what? I'm sometimes in a difficult spot in my life. And right now, I think I'm building a good reputation, but I need help to keep going the right direction. And one of our prayer team members is going to pray with you. Would you stand with me? And I want to pray with you before we leave. Father, may the good hand of our God be upon us. 
May you bless us and help us, encourage us and strengthen us. And God, I want to pray for my brothers and sisters in here that we will begin to build such a good reputation that everyone will take notice of us that we have been with Jesus. And that you give us open doors in a world that does not know you. You'll help us to minister to people who do know you and even to those who don't because the love of Jesus is flowing through us. Help them. Help all of us that we might live the right kind of life so that you are well spoken of. And then, Lord, for my, my friends in here who don't know Jesus yet, God, I am praying that today would be the day of their salvation. They can see that maybe their life has been a mess. It's not going in the right direction, that what they need most of all is Jesus. And I pray they'll come to know you today. Would you bless us? And would you help us make decisions that are right for now and for eternity? I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for coming. Thanks for letting me share. God bless you. Have a great week. If you need to pray with somebody, why don't you come? They'll be down here to help you. Thank you for joining our worship service online today. Our prayer is that the worship and the teaching has left an impression on your heart and that God will use it to inspire you to love God, love people, and penetrate our world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you made a spiritual decision today or if you need prayer, you can let us know by clicking the link to our online connection card. And then if you haven't yet taken advantage of it, you can download our church app where we have all of our announcements and opportunities and you can also use it to share this week's message with a friend. And then you can also check out our website, fbclcart.org, to stay connected with us that way as well. God bless, have a great week, and we'll see you here again next week.